You're listening to Extra Points with Daniel Villarreal, partner, where we talk <clears throat> where we talk with special guests about extra points in LGBTQ sports history and culture. And this week, we're going to the rodeo. Cowboys have long been an icon of masculinity in the American imagination, and in the gay erotic imagination, too. But the images of rugged Marlboro men, riding stallions, and wrangling queers often rubs up against the stereotype of queer phobia in red rural state America. So today we're speaking with Harley Deuce, who works for a company that releases sexy calendars of cowboys, about why gay guys find cowboys so alluring. And then we're speaking with Candy Pratt, the president of the IGRA, the International Gay Rodeo Association, and David Hartwell, IGRA's public relations chair, about their organization's dwindling membership numbers and its future. But before we jump into the saddle, let's get acquainted with gay rodeos by listening to a clip from the 2014 documentary film, Queens and Cowboys, A Straight Year on the Gay Rodeo, directed by Matt Lividary. Ever since I was a little kid, I was fascinated by rodeo. All I wanted was to be a cowboy. Good evening. My name's Wayne. So 20 years later, I embarked on a journey across America. No small feat for a city boy. All to discover if the true American cowboy still exists. Along the way, I came across the unlikely band of cowboys and cowgirls of the IGRA, the International Gay Rodeo Association. If you think John Wayne and all his boss didn't have any gay people, it's a pretty nice gun you're scratching those matches on. Come to a gay rodeo because there's gay cowboys and cowgirls. IGRA is the second largest production of rodeos now in the United States. Do you have a strategy for when we're going? Yeah, I'm scaring the bull, obviously. (laughs) This is Madonna look. You know, like a virgin. In traditional rodeo, they all have the rodeo princesses and the the rodeo queens. And we just kind of took it a step further. If you've never been to an IGRA gay rodeo, well, you're in for a treat. Gay journalist C. Brian Smith wrote about IGRA last year for Mel.com, and he said, Not only do women compete in rough stock events like bull riding, shoot dogging, and steer wrestling, but men compete in the traditionally feminized speed events like barrel racing, pole bending, and flag racing. The gay rodeo has three additional camp events, too. Wild Drag Race, in which a cowboy and cowgirl attempt to mount a drag queen onto a bucking steer and then get them across a finish line. Steer decorating in which a team member attempts to tie a ribbon onto the steer's tail while the other removes the rope from the steer's horns, and goat dressing, in which a team of two races to strap a pair of tidy whities onto a goat. Sometimes gay rodeos also feature western-themed drag shows, live country bands, dancing, barbecue concessions, and a coronation of rodeo ambassadors who have helped raise funds and awareness for the rodeo and other LGBTQ causes. Let's get a taste of IGRA's Gay Rodeo Finals with a few brief clips from BuzzFeed News' 2019 coverage of the event. I never imagined that the life that I grew up with and then being gay, that those two would come together. Found the Gay Rodeo and I'm like, oh my God. When we came into it, it was like going home. We're running pretty much all the same events that everybody else does. Um, We're competing in the same, uh, you know, at the same, level as, as other amateur rodeo circuits. Everybody likes to highlight 
the camp events, the wild drag and stuff because it's fun and it's, you know, you've got somebody dressed up and all of that. But gay rodeo is far more than that. It's it's not just that. It is it is bull riding, it is steer riding, it is steer wrestling, it is all of those exact same events. Because we have gay in our title does not mean that any of us out here are any less of an athlete. We're out here, we're committed to this. We're getting hurt. We're getting dirty. Just like anybody else in any other rodeo. Usually we, we kiss at the rodeo. That's something we wouldn't be able to do in a straight rodeo. It's not a whole lot different from the uh, straight rodeo world, but it's awesome because you're accepted and included. can just be yourself and not worry about somebody being critical or bullying you. I was curious why cowboys have had such an allure in the gay erotic imagination, so I called Harley Deuce, the model recruiter and fundraiser capital manager of Lupine Capital Enterprises, a company that releases sexy calendars of cowboys. Lupine Capital Enterprises used to run homorodeo.com, which started in 2002 as a way to help gay ranchers, farmers, and cowboys connect with each other. Homorodeo.com provided a social network to help these men feel less isolated. They held public mixers at local bars, cafes, and restaurants. But as people moved to copycat sites and larger social networks like Facebook, so too did Homo Rodeo's users. The site closed down in 2019, but Deuce has started working on Lupine Enterprises' fundraiser calendar project. Their somewhat steamy calendars can help raise money for various 501c3 charities. I asked Deuce why cowboys remain so alluring for some gay men, and what he thinks of the stereotype of homophobia in rural America. Here's our conversation. So I looked over uh, Lupine Enterprises' calendars, and uh, they're pretty steamy. I'm wondering why you think gay men find cowboys and ranch hands so sexy. They seem to be a mainstay in uh, physique pictorials and even some adult videos uh, online and uh, you know in the old days. We, uh, we certainly didn't start homoradio.com for how it uh, came to pass, but uh, um, as a result of uh, our intention, which was to try and allow rural gays to be able to connect with each other when they had so far to travel to be able to connect, we found that uh, it was more of a social environment than it was a dating or a, uh, any type of erotica from our perspective. And as we continued to grow from 2002, homorodia.com discovered that we were serving an area that had not been served. The um, rural gay community had been left out, not only through the networking capability of Wi-Fi. We had dial-up back then to be able to dial in, to be able to connect to the internet. We also were just basically left out in general. But I think cowboys, to answer your question, have always been an icon of hypermasculinity and uh, sensuality, the ruggedness and the durability of the iconic cowboy has always been an appeal for both gay and straight uh, um, women in general. We basically have uh, identified as a niche market for us to be able to help fundraise for various gay rodeo associations and other 501c3s by creating our calendar series. The Fundraiser Calendar Project uh, was started in 2009 to help uh, offset fuel costs that were going through the roof. And it's very expensive for 
contestants to be able to travel in general, let alone when you have to haul your uh, horse along with you. So we created that to be able to help offset uh, costs for the Gay Rodeo Association contestants at finals. And then when we found out that uh, semi-nude was a hit, we decided we would try in 2010 our full nude calendar, which was even more of a hit. So we've been continuing the fundraiser calendar project now to help 501c3s, not just gay rodeos, but other organizations as well, to be able to fundraise. You know, it seems that amongst my urban counterparts, there's kind of a stereotype that cowboys and rodeo riders and country music and rural farmers are all anti-gay. But in your experience, is this true? That's basically a stereotype. I haven't experienced any in the, you know, 18 plus years of running this has never once have we encountered any negative anti-gay or any anti-LGBT sentiment. So I've never really experienced any type of uh, negative stereotypes from um, the cowboy rodeo country rural community at all whatsoever. Do you have any idea where that stereotype comes from? <laughs> I'm certainly not a subject matter expert in the area. A true cowboy isn't anti-gay. A true cowboy, in my opinion, is based on the the identified markers of what makes a cowboy, ethics of a cowboy. And I guarantee you, none of those say be anti-gay. You can find out more about their calendar project through lupineenterprises.com. Extra Points will be right back after a short commercial break. We hope you stay with us. In his Mel.com article, Homo Rodeo Rides Off into the Sunset, gay journalist C. Brian Smith writes that Phil Ragsdale, an emperor of the imperial court system, organized the first gay rodeo at the Washoe County Fairgrounds in Reno, Nevada in 1976 as a fundraiser for the local senior citizens' Thanksgiving Day meal. As organizers in other states continued to hold gay rodeo events, the HIV epidemic came along, and organizers began to use them as fundraisers to fight the epidemic. It's in this cultural climate that the IGRA came along. Founded in 1985, it established chapters and LGBTQ rodeo events throughout the U.S. and Canada, providing a safe place for cowboys to meet, have fun, and not be judged for who they are. IGRA also served as an amateur association, great for people who wanted more training before roping and riding competitively at higher levels. IGRA event organizers will offer free help and coaching, give riders as much time as they need in the chute before releasing the stock, and the livestock isn't as rough as the ones you'd normally find at a professional rodeo. They're more like the kind of animals that high school-level rodeo competitors ride on. Interest in the gay rodeos grew and grew, but the HIV epidemic also brought along organized conservative bigots who loudly opposed any gay gatherings, let alone rodeos that threatened to upturn traditional gender roles. Here's a clip from BuzzFeed News again of a hater talking about the gay rodeo in Reno, Nevada. Lately, the IGRA's chapters and membership numbers have begun to dwindle. In his article, Smith writes, quote, At its peak, the IGRA boasted more than 5,000 members and 35 local chapters. Those numbers, however, have dwindled to about 1,520 respectively, and there are now roughly as many chapters that are defunct as operating. Candy Pratt, the current president of IGRA, who has competed in rodeo since 1988, and David Hartwell, the IGRA's public relations chair, questioned those numbers. 
though they didn't provide more accurate figures by my deadline. Pratt can only ever recall IGRA having about 21 or so associations under their auspice in its heyday. Either way, I asked her what accounts for the downturn in IGRA's membership and events. The downturn is, um, I, I, David and I, I spoke about this yesterday, um, now you don't have to go just a, a gay rodeo, you know, to hold your wife or girlfriend's hand or whatever, and that was, it was a big part of being able to go and spend the weekend with your friends and, and go to dances and sit in the rodeo area because, you know, it was always secure. We had security and stuff like that. So you could go spend the whole weekend at all the functions and be who you wanted to be. And now it's the same way with like fundraising and, you know, being gay. I mean, Doreen and I, we've been together 27 years and, you know, we, we you know, got married like four years ago. Um, so, you know, the world's evolved and, and now we're accepted in so many places that gay rodeos dwindled that way. The associations, you know, we've aged out also. Um, David can verify this. And if you, I'm 58 years old. And, um, like I told you, I started in 88, the average age, I would tell you of all the contestants, there's there's some young ones or whatever, but the majority, but we were all, you know, baby boomers and we're all kind of aging out a little bit too. Um, there are some younger contestants and we certainly encourage it, but that's because now the, a gay person can go anywhere to be themselves or whatever. They don't specifically have to go to like the gay rodeo. So that's a big part of it too. Well, you're absolutely right. Gay rodeo used to offer a refuge to people who were from rural areas or wanted to compete in rodeo and couldn't otherwise. It no longer has to be that refuge for them. They have many other opportunities. They can compete in any straight rodeo and not be shunned uh, to the extent that they used to be. One of the founding members, I was speaking with him, his name is John Beck. He was physically assaulted uh, for being gay, almost killed for being gay. And that is, you know, he was one of the founding members of IGRA and, and developed it as a refuge for people who wanted to compete in rodeo who were gay. Uh, I think it has evolved into an organization where it's still a lot of fun to compete in. It's a different type of rodeo. As you mentioned, Daniel, there's the camp events of wild drag and steer decorating and goat dressing that you're not going to see anywhere else. Well, that that's part of the fun aspect of gay rodeo that you're not going to have in any other type of rodeo. No other type of rodeo that I know of are are places where the contestants are there to have fun as much as they are to compete. I think that's one thing that, that IRA's rodeos have evolved into is something where you can compete seriously, but at the same time, you can have a lot of fun. You know, I, I think that there's this perception sometimes that rural areas that might be into rodeo or kind of the whole country and and like ranching scene in general are inherently homophobic and i'm wondering if you guys think that that's true or if that's just a misperception it's true 
what why do you why do you think that's the case so you have the like southern baptist or something like that uh, a lot of texas can be um harsh like that you, you'll go from one extreme to the other i live in denton texas and whenever um i brought the the TGRA rodeo out here we were going to a there was a covered arena and so then for them to not spend so much money on putting on a rodeo we used the Denton fairgrounds and the community that um, joined in like some places you can go to like the Bay Area rodeo and all the community comes right well you go to denton and i think the stock contractor went to the local feed store and they were talking about it they were all in there laughing and making fun and saying can you believe those people are here in our town and it's that's just the the nature of the beast right mm-hmm. um but if you come i live in aubrey which is i would tell you some of the top trainers and yeah i mean it, it's it's so diverse out here it's totally opposite we're only 10 miles away but you're talking about some of the top elite horse trainers, you know, the top of the world or, you know, two gay guys. You know, we are in the Bible Belt in this part of the country. And and uh, like it or not, uh, being gay is still pretty much frowned on in Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas. Uh, sadly, it's just a fact. When I went to the uh, IBRA event uh, many years ago, and I saw that it had things like um, the wild drag race and steer decorating and then the goat dressing. And uh, what? <laughs> like, what? 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 Why? Why? Um, I don't see those in other rodeos. And I'm wondering uh, why IGRA was like, yeah, we, we should do these. Well, it allows um, non-horse riders or a regular person to compete. And even though you you might not have seen something like that, originally the wild drag was the wild um, cow milking, and they do they do have that in straight rodeo. Um, one of my first ones, like in '88 or '89 in Denver, they did have the wild cow milking. It's a little it's a little rough, you know. You're gonna some people are gonna get their teeth kicked in or something like that. So then we wanted to, you know, our royalty is a big part of our, um, you know, our fundraising and stuff like that. And so, and you want to entertain the crowd. So when they came up with the idea of the wild drag, it, you know, some people are royalty, some aren't, but it entertains the crowd, made it a little safer. Um, you weren't getting underneath them, you know, you were at least jumping on top of them. It allows, you know, you know for the team concept, um, same thing with um, goat dressing, two people that, you know, don't do any aspect. Uh, a lot of the rodeos do a community goat dressing where they let people in the crowd do it, and it's a real pleaser. I'm wondering, do you think that the organization or its events have to change or evolve in order to attract a younger or more diverse generation of people? Um, I think we have been. Um, we're going to develop that even more this year. We're bringing, we used to have um, dance, and dance was big, and then it went out, and we're going to bring dance back this year. Um, try to have more um, dances and things like that at our rodeos in conjunction with. We sent people to the New York Pride Parade. We we try to get enough visibility. We're going to work on our marketing and and things. Um, But it's kind of like what you said. It's, It's the world has changed 
so drastically is like now I can go right down the road to a bar and sit right in there, me and my wife and sit right with everybody. And it's, it's not even, they don't even blink an eye. Um, before that, I mean, I'm just telling you, like even 10 years ago, that wouldn't have happened. Recently, Straight Rodeo had the same deal. They, they are going through the same thing. And what they've done is they've created a junior rodeo um, association. It, it's called, it, they have called Junior NFR. And so, and, and this, this has completely made a huge shift. I mean, they were, their numbers were drastically down. And the same thing was happening, you know, because it's expensive to do all, all you know, rodeo. And so, anyway, what it's done is because, you know, think about that. Now you've, now you've incorporated the whole family and the kids. And so it, it drug millions of dollars to Vegas. So in turn, you've got millions of dollars of sponsors. It is a huge success. And then they, they came up with this new deal called the American. You know what that is, which is that million-dollar event. It, it took off. So you had the right kind of marketing done. And what they've done is they've completely turned it around because now you're creating you're creating a whole another group of people to keep the rodeo going. You know, because this goes this starts down with you know groups of eight year olds and they've reunited because like I know of four families friends of mine that carried the whole family to Vegas for a week to do this competition. Right. Mm. So that's just I mean it's millions. It it just took off. It's completely changed straight rodeo now and put all the money back into it. You know, I, I sometimes wonder how much of the interest in rodeo is dependent on media. For example, I heard that after Fight Club came out, um, that there was a renewed interest in kind of like boxing and other sorts of martial arts. And that when Rocky came out many years back, that it really invigorated a lot of interest in boxing. I can't think of a single piece of modern media that's really treated rodeo in quite the same way. Um, do you think that oh, it's a case that that's the case? I can. I can. Whenever Brokeback Mountain came out, you couldn't. There, every media we were at the the uh, Fort Worth Rodeo, and we had like ten different media groups there. And had that movie done well at like the Academy Awards, or what they thought of, we would have been maybe in a different spot right now. But that was one like a turning point for us. It's nobody's business but ours. This is a one-shot thing we got going on here. You know, it could be like this always. Yeah, this thing grabs hold of us again, we're dead. We could have had a good life together. But you didn't want it, Ennis! God! You don't know nothing about it. I wish I knew how to quit you. And I'm telling you, there was there was uh, media people everywhere. It like for the for several months there at every one of our rodeos, because you know, being you know, when that movie came out, it was like it was it was hip to be gay then. Right. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's what happened. I, it was, and then whenever it it, it was, th- they were gone as fast as they were there. Despite any any decline that might have happened with IGRA events. And the fact that LGBTQ couples are more welcome at rodeo events across the nation. Why do you think that IGRA is still a worthwhile endeavor? What do you think that it provides the community that we might not have otherwise? Oh, it, 
one, it's a, a, a safe place. Two, it's very, very friendly. Um, I, I can't think of a, a better place to go spend a weekend with your friends because they, they are part of your family. Um, it's an amateur organization, meaning that um, we we help, you know, new rodeo people up to some experienced people, but it's not the, the I, I would tell you, the caliber of animals and the, the, um, quality of competition that you would have to be in some of the, you know, pro circuits. So it it absolutely is one of the most welcoming places that you'll you'll ever be. Gay Rodeo doesn't question you. They don't question your race. Uh, they don't question your sexual orientation. They don't question your sex. They don't question your level of ability. They welcome you regardless. And no matter who you are, I've always been struck by the fact that they find a place for you and and they welcome you. And it's remarkable to me the diversity that is in this organization. Uh, you have, you know, straight, gay, uh, former mil a lot of former military people um, who become a family. And that's, that's, I think, what's going to keep Gay Rodeo alive for a very long time is the fact that there's few places you can go that no matter who you are or what you do or what you know, they're going to welcome you and embrace you and you essentially find a home and a family. So that I think that is what's going to keep this organization and Gay Rodeo alive for a long time. Well, I would I would hope that anybody listening um, would give Gay Rodeo a chance. Um, it's a place to come, like I said, um, to be the person that you want to be. And as David said, you're not going to be judged, um, but you're going to be welcomed and have a really good time. In Pratt's opinion, there's a truth to the stereotype of rural areas being less accepting of queer people, both because of conservative religious values and a lack of exposure to out queers. She also says that people are generally more accepting in the northern and western states. Hartwell added that the gay rodeo community has been very welcoming to him and other straight riders who participate in their events without judgment. He says that attitude extends to others regardless of their gender, race, or experience, and that some of the friends he's made through the event have become friends for life. Well, we're going to ride off into the sunset, but I want to thank my guests and you for listening. If you like Extra Points, check out Sports' other excellent podcasts like LGBT in the Ring, the Transporter Room, Five Rings to Rule Them All, or Three Strikes You're Out with Ken Schultz. You can find them all on App You can find them all on Apple's podcast page, as well as on Spotify, Spreaker, Castbox, and Player FM. And if you like them, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. It makes a difference. Today's show featured audio from the country music band Miller and Sasser. And to go out, here's Willie Nelson's queer cowboy classic. Cowboys are frequently, secretly fond of each other. Happy trails, y'all. Well, there's many a strange impulse out on the plains of West Texas. There's many a young boy who feels things he can't comprehend. 
small town don't like it when somebody falls between sexes. No small town don't like it when a cowboy has feelings for men.